a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties... This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions, because what else are we going to do? I have no other measurable skills or talents. It's the green shirt edition of the show, if you're watching at PeteThePlanner.tv. And if you aren't, do, and you'll see the green shirt, and you'll think... What a waste of time. Uh, on this week's show, uh, we're answering different money questions. We've got, uh, let's see what we've got this week. We've got uh, a woman who's changing jobs. She wants to know what to do with something something. We've got another guy who's uh, trying to pay for his two daughters in college. Uh, and then uh, we got some other stuff. Uh, oh, the other one is my own personal financial question I'm going to ask myself. So that seems mentally healthy. And then the biggest waste of money of the week. Before we get started, boy, do I have good news for you podcast listeners. Those that listen to our podcast every week. Some of you hear this show on the radio. Others of you hear this show on the podcast. And we've heard you. We've heard you. We like to experiment with different formats from time to time. But the most popular format of our podcast is coming back next month. The million dollar plan is coming back next month. We listen, we listen. Frank, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, good, how are you? I'm excellent, you ready for our first question of the day? I am ready for the first it question of the day. It's from a woman named Candy. Hi, Candy. Yeah, it's like filling, you know, we shouldn't joke about people's names. No. And this is coming from a guy named Peter, so I know how hurtful <laughs> words can be, right? Yes. Okay, uh, hi, I'm leaving one state to work in another. I have 11 and a half years of service, a pension plan I will defer until retirement, and a deferred comp balance of 23,000 American dollars. 30 days after the termination of my job, I have the option to leave it and let it grow very slowly or cash it out. My initial thought, my initial thought was to leave it. However, in attempts to pay off all my debt for the last year, I have a school loan of $18,000. If I cash out my deferred comp, penalty-free, and pay the federal taxes, quoted at 20%, I just about break even to pay my loan off in full. My new job offers a pension plan and deferred comp, and I have 30 years of work before I can retire. Would it make sense to cash my deferred comp and snowball that monthly payment into other investments that are more profitable investments and in my control to manage. I also thought of using that monthly income budgeted for the loan towards our mortgage and pay off our home in six years time so we can cash flow college. My firstborn graduates college in nine years. Any help would be awesome. Thank you. Candy. All right. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Do you think she calls her house Candyland? I hope so. I would. I would. Absolutely. That was a great game or is a great game. It's not bad. You know, I play with my kids now and there's like, you know, it, it's, you remember it differently than when you play it now. I believe know? that. Yeah. It's, it was better then. Um, okay. So I definitely know where to start here and, and let's, let's hit with some classic things. Generally, when you leave a job, the worst conceivable thing for you to do is to cash out a retirement plan and to 
uh, use it to do things, okay? So uh, now here are the different things people typically do when they cash out a retirement plan uh, prior to age 59 and a half, because it's not really considered cashing it out if you do it after 59 and a half, it's just a distribution or a withdrawal from your account. But if you do it prior to 59 and a half, which she clearly is, unless she wants to work to age 89 and a half, uh, then, then this would be generally a bad idea. And this is what people do when they cash out uh, a retirement account. They do all sorts of stuff, pay off debt, they go on vacation, they give themselves a little bit of a cushion. Sometimes when people leave a job and they don't have another job, they'll cash out their retirement account and use that as like an extra severance or something to you know, uh, tide them over until their next job. Now here's the issue with this. Um, it is your money. You can do whatever you want with your money. Uh, and sometimes you're put in a jam that's not preferable, but you've got to use the resources you have to get out of that jam. Generally speaking, here is why uh, taking out a, a $23,000, cashing it out, here's why it's typically a bad job, a bad idea, is because you would typically lose about 30% of that 23,000, which my math tells me that's uh, what, roughly uh, what 6,000 something. Yes. Yeah. 6,900, I think yeah. is what the kids are saying. So that would take it down to like $16,000 and change. She says in this particular situation, she wouldn't have to pay the 10% penalty. She wouldn't have to, you know, she would have it, uh, the uh, access to it penalty free, and she would have to pay the federal taxes, which is that 20%. So the 30% I speak of is the 20% in federal taxes, the 10% penalty, and she is suggesting she does not have the penalty. I'm sure there's a rule for that. I'm sure that at some <laughs> point in time when I, when I had a securities license, I used to know that rule. Uh, I, I no longer remember the rule, but I will take her word for it that she doesn't have the penalty. So that is to suggest that uh, she would lose $4,600 in federal taxes, and then she would have uh, roughly the $18,000 she would need to pay off her loan. Okay. On the surface, I would say, no way, don't do it. Yeah. And I kind of still feel that way. However, Nicole, yes. it seems like Candy's got a plan. Right. Whenever someone starts out and they give us a lot of detail, they've always got something kind of already in the works. Yeah. And I, and so right? her plan's not actually too bad. Uh -uh. Um, so what she would do is, of course, eliminate the student loan of $18,000. Here are my here is my biggest concern. Yeah, I doubt. And maybe I'm wrong because it looks <laughs> like she's got a pretty uh, good start on her uh, mortgage. Yeah, I doubt that she's paying a lot on her student loan right now, but she might be, but I doubt she is. Yeah. So by eliminating that student loan from a cash flow perspective, oh. she doesn't really impact her situation that much. Because there's not already being a lot being contributed to that. So yeah. So right. like, like if she eliminates a payment that's 300 bucks a month, then um, by getting rid of $23,000 in assets, she frees up $300 a month in capital, mm -hmm. which can go to do something else. And she used the term snowball as a verb of, then we can take that 300 a month and then build an asset back up. That, right, there's some momentum that comes from it. Yeah, and, and look, um, I, that's a reasonable thing. Uh, I, the, the biggest concern other than that is sometimes when people say, well, I could take this and eliminate that. And then I, when that's done, I could take this and do that. It's, it's something along the way disconnects and people don't do what they say they're going to do. And then the whole thing ends up being a bad idea. <laughs> like the, the worst case scenario past the first step is that she eliminates the student loan debt and then reabsorbs that whatever her payment is to the student loan back into her lifestyle 
increases her lifestyle, decreased her assets. Uh, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, not so much. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I can't believe this. I feel like I should lose my financial radio show <laughs> host card after 10 years for giving her the, uh, you know, permission to do what she said. I would double check with a tax uh, advisor, tax expert on the penalty free thing. Again, I'm probably supposed to know this. If I've got financial people listening to the show, feel free to email askpete at petetheplanner.com and said, you should know this, you dummy. You know what? I forget a lot of stuff. Sometimes you have to have someone check your work, you know? Yeah. Right? Yes. Like we're showing our work. Someone's just got to double check it for us. And I'll admit when I don't know. Uh, okay. So that's what I do. Yeah. I would go with <laughs> it. For this person, Candy, I would do the plan that you just said, but you have to do the follow through, which is to take whatever uh, per month you freed up in student loan payments and do something amazing with it. Amazing. Including uh, saving the money back up or paying down the mortgage. You are right. You are now going to have two pensions. You've got a 30 year career ahead of you. You've got a good head on your shoulders and your firstborn graduates college in nine years. So yes, go ahead accordingly. And Nicole, after the break, here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to fast forward to as if this uh, candy person had two daughters in college. Oh. Uh, and that is our next emailer. They want to know uh, how should they fund the gap in their college plan? Uh, 401k loan, mm -hmm. all, uh, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs. We're going to hit that next. Now, as always, if you have a question, you want to have it read and answered by yours truly, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete. And I go, because it's with a K. I right. wouldn't do it that hard if it was a C. So uh, this is the Pete the Planner Show. We answer your money questions, and we'll be right back after these words. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the Pete the Planner show, I'm your host. Uh, so let's get to our next question of the week. If you have any questions, because uh, this show is, is we just answer financial questions. It's interesting if you're into things that are like this. <laughs> Right? Your pause was great. It was a pregnant pause. I told you about my pet doula. Pregnant my, pause? My pet doula service. Like you have a pet and it's you want natural childbirth for your pet. And it's the service is called pregnant pause. What? Well, it's an idea. It's just I, a business idea. Uh, you don't like it? I. Okay. Uh, this question is from a fella named Mike. Um, <laughs> and if you want to email us, ask. Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh, here is Mike's question. Uh, he doesn't say, hey, Pete, or... No greeting? No. Did you just dive right in? He's just, just like, I walked in your front door. Uh, <laughs> have two daughters Wait. in college, senior at one and so senior at one college, sophomore at another. He names the schools, but let's not identify yeah, them. Although not. I will say they are two universities that happen to... Oh. Uh, you see like those... Uh, there's a license plate that says, like, divided. house divided. Yeah. Man, can you imagine how divided his house is? Why am I using this voice? I was just going to say. I don't know. <laughs> it's a divided voice. <laughs> so he's got a senior at one and a sophomore at the other. 
in this house in which he lives in, which happens to be divided. Divided. <laughs> uh, his 529 plans, his college savings plans, are tapped out. Oh, nuts. But he's still, uh, he says contriving. I'm going to go with autocorrect and say it's contributing. Uh, $5,000 to get the tax break. Uh, his bills, his uh, tuition bills, are due in August. Uh, August. Total uh, close to twenty grand for this oh. year. Should I take out one of my Roth IRAs or one of my traditional IRAs that he has with Vanguard? He just wanted to let us know. Uh, he won't touch his primary 401k that's close to uh, a million. Good. Hashtag help. <laughs> I love a hashtag in a contact help. form. Uh, this is also an important uh, yeah. moment uh, or an opportunity for us, Nicole, to note that uh, so people email me because of USA Today column and other papers and things and then because of the show and the podcast. But it, what's, what's weird is like I don't know how they found us. And so if I answer in this medium. Right. Um, yet they are a, a newspaper reader, uh-huh. then they never get it. So what we do is we'll take this segment and we'll record it on a computer and we will email a person the audio when we answer these questions. So that way they don't miss out on their answers. Yeah. So Mike, you will get, Mike, I'm talking to you right now because I'm going to email you this. Or I'm, Nicole will email Nicole you. will email you this. Okay, so uh, let's start at the end of this question. He says he's not going to touch his 401k. And Mike, you're exactly right. right. You should not touch, under any circumstance, your 401k to pay for a child's college education. And it's because of a very hallmark card way of saying, you can uh, finance a college education, you cannot finance retirement, which is to say, you can't borrow for retirement, but you can borrow for a college education. So don't put yourself in a position in which you can uh, borrow for a college education, but you don't because you use your retirement assets, which then could conceivably force you to need to borrow for retirement. You can't do that. Word. I don't know. Um, But I think the bigger question here, so I agree with uh, Mike's idea there. The bigger question is this, Nicole. Yes. Oh. Should he, you like the deep breath? Yeah. So this is a really common situation. You have a, a, a family that looks like they did a pretty solid job saving for college. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his first daughter is already a senior, and they've just now tapped out their 529s. And what he does, because he lives in a state with the state tax credit, is he takes $5,000 of income a year. Uh, I say funnel. That sounds like it's shady, but it's not. He funnels but... that $5,000 through the 529, which then gives him a $1,000 tax credit, so he can turn his five grand into six grand with just a little tax trick. Voila. So... Um, but the but the big question I'm trying to to, to, to raise is this: <laughs> He needs to decide, and maybe he already has. Mike, I'm now talking to you. You need to decide whether you are 100% committed to fully pay for your your daughter's college education. Now, don't answer quickly and and, and like be dismissive of this because I want to talk through it. Because a lot of times, people in this situation, which I see a lot, I mean, and and if I'm being transparent, it's conceivable. I, that this could be my situation. I, I don't know. I mean, my, my kids are nine and six, but it's conceivable from the gap is the same of the kids' ages. Like, I, this could be my situation. You need to decide, do you and should you, from a financial perspective, have the ability to take care of this problem by liquidating an IRA, a Roth or a traditional? Like, whether it's the Roth or traditional, we'll get to in a second, 
But should you do either? Should you right now go down $20,000 in net worth to fund this group of uh, this year's worth of education for your two daughters? Uh, before Again, before you scream yes and say, absolutely, I committed to that. It's, it's important to see if you could really do it. I don't know your income. I don't know your expenses. I don't know if you have a mortgage. Uh, I know you have a million bucks, which is great, but that million bucks has to last you for decades. And I don't know how many other assets you have. Um, so that, that's, that, that's the bigger point here. I think a lot of times parents find themselves in the situation and because of guilt, because of obligation, um, because of that weird thing that happens to you when you have a child, you tend to think with your heart and not the math. Um, people make this mistake by funding college education out of their assets when they shouldn't do it. And instead, the better solution would be to allow the daughters to take on some semblance of student loan debt. Now, I, at one point in my career, I would say something like, well, it depends on the deal you made with them. I don't care about deals you made with children no offense, honestly, no offense. Uh, I think it really has to go with, with you seriously looking at whether this is a good financial decision for you. Once you've said, yes, I have confirmed with some expert, don't have it be me, I'm not good, uh, with some expert, then it becomes, do I use the traditional or the Roth? I would say you would use the traditional because the Roth is a more flexible instrument that you can hold for a longer period of time. At age 70 and a half, you're going to have to take money out of the IRA, um, and the traditional IRA, because of your required minimum distribution. Your Roth, you never have to take an RMD, a required minimum distribution. So uh, from my perspective, that makes it a more flexible asset, a more attractive asset, and I would rather you have Roth assets than traditional assets, especially since you have a million American dollars in your 401k, which is a traditionally taxed asset. It's a traditional versus a Roth asset. Nicole, did you follow some of that? A little bit. Good, good, good. So that's the answer. The answer is, A, decide whether or not you really should do this, which is don't, Mike, I'm talking to you. Do <laughs> not, do not pass over that. Like really, really dig into it. Um, it's hard to say no to, to kids. Like it really, really is hard, especially with something as emotional and big as a college education. I think the best decisions and the toughest decisions a parent can make that actually makes it easier on them later is part of the discussion of where your kids should go to school, yeah. where they should go, and, and that being partially based on the cost of school. We had our good friend Phil Schumann, the director of financial literacy at Indiana University on our podcast last week. And, and he shared with us, in most cases, it doesn't matter where a person goes to school, the degree with as little debt as possible is more valuable than what is perceived to be a better degree with some debt taken on, right? So Nicole, you always hear, well, it's a better school, so I'm willing to take on the debt. What Phil, our good friend Phil uh, Schumann said is that is malarkey. Ooh, malarkey. That was a great word. Thank you. Like You're it. welcome. All right. So coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask myself a financial question about my own financial life. Nicole, I may have mentioned the, uh, to this in the office earlier today, but I will both ask it and answer it. That is next on the Pete the Planner show. I am your host of the show, and my name is Pete the Planner. 
Hi, I'm internet podcaster Peter Dunn. You may know me as Pete the Planner. You hear me on the radio and on your podcasting device, but did you know you can also see me on YouTube? That's right, we have a YouTube channel and we call it PeteThePlanner.tv. We ask you to subscribe so you can catch great shows like Pete's Eats and this here podcast with drawings. But the drawings are made with a video camera. Subscribe today. Back on the Pete the Planner show, lively during the break, Nicole. We got real lively there. Wow. Too bad the cameras were rolling. If you want to see <sighs> this, go to PeteThePlanner.tv. A reminder coming back uh, here in August to the podcast is the million dollar plan it's back here and i'll explain it when it comes yeah. back but i just needed a break yeah we did okay? we, we want to do some other things we tried thanks for letting us have a little fun a little but fun. We, we listened we for listen. once i don't really normally listen okay my colors yeah, here we go. fade i was laughing so hard during the break my face was red. all right <laughs> next question here on the pizza planner show of course we answer your money questions if you want your money question answered Seriously, just email us. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. So did you email, email yourself No, I should. I could. You should. <laughs> but like, okay, so this happened maybe Monday, maybe well, Tuesday. Well, it could week. have been Monday. It could have been five weeks ago with right. your that's sense my, of time, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could have been three years ago, but Who I'm knows? pretty sure it was this week. Okay, that's good. I woke up and I was like, I think I need more life insurance. Right, so now, now like, like I don't know why. It's not like I was like, I feel like I'm gonna die today. It was just like one of these things of like, I started thinking through my. I know this is when you're 40, you death is very over. real. Monday morning, and you're like, hmm. I will say this more morning, life insurance. When I woke up this morning, the first thing I do did at 4:30 a.m. was to grab a corkscrew and put it into a sack of wine that we're taking on vacation. This See week. priorities. So yeah. I respect that. But or a few days earlier, 48 hours earlier, was like, do I need more life insurance? And this sounds like insurance. a setup because I didn't have a segment and I needed something to talk about. But it's not. And I actually, my USA Today column this next week is about this very topic. Here, here's the thing. Okay, so I, I got a lot of life insurance. If I'm dead, people are okay. Okay, but. It's very sweet of you. Yeah. I think I need more. And the reason is two, two reasons. Number one, uh, I finally have a vision of what retirement looks like for me. When the last time I bought life insurance, right before Ted was born, <gasps> uh, uh. it was uh, seven years ago. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And so typically, Nicole, and you might not know this, but typically when you buy life insurance, especially term insurance, yes. you buy it for blocks of 10 years or so. Okay, I didn't know that. You see, uh, I have a 10-year policy. So that means if I die in the next 10 years, Mrs. Planner is having a celebration of life she instead good. of a funeral, right? Uh, so, so that's fine. But if I die outside of that 10 years, and I only had a 10-year policy, and the policy no longer exists, then it's a funeral burying me, okay? Right, so... There's that. But but by the way, the policy I last purchased was a 25-year policy. I think I purchased it like seven years ago. So I had the amount that was right at the time. 
you're thinking, oh, you must be making oodles of more money now than you were seven years ago. And you must have a lot more expenses. No and no, actually. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, I invest very uh, firmly back into my business, which is to suggest I have not been paying myself more for the last seven years. Eh, a little increases, but nothing worth writing home about, uh, especially to myself. Uh, so... The, what has changed is I now finally have a clear vision of what retirement is for uh, Mrs. Planner and I. And I didn't prior to purchasing the life insurance. Okay, so you're thinking, okay, what does that mean? Here's what it means. I previously thought I would work into my 60s. I just, I just did. I was like, oh, I'll work into my 60s. I love what I do. I do it for free. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, how you doing? Oh, so if it were any better, it'd be criminal. That's how good I'm doing. But I don't. Chummy. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't feel that way anymore. And I love uh, do what I do very much, but I want to stop, like in my fifties. Okay. Like I'm tapping out. You're on your own. You're gonna have to find like Keith the planner. No. Maybe uh, Frank Ted the planner. the planner. Yeah. You're doing it, Nicole. I'll do it. But I'm out in my 50s, like sometime, maybe 53. No one knows. But here's what the issues become. That is our goal. That is what we are working toward. So let's say I hit age 50, 50. and that's the last age I hit. Oh. It means I left the building. I'm dead. And if that's the case, and Mrs. Planner all along for the next 10 years, so for the previous 10 years, and when I'm 50, we're both 40 now, that means that she, we were planning for this whole thing, we're talking it up, it's what we're going to do, and then I'm dead, and because we only had enough life insurance to help fund the kid's college and to carry her on into what we used to view retirement to be, it sort of shortcuts the entire dream and, and point that we're trying to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because now I have less time. Instead of having 25 years left in my career, I think maybe 13, 15 years left. That's a big difference. Right. Yeah. 10 years is a big jump. So I have less time to earn the money I'm going to need to sustain myself indefinitely. So for one, I, th I think that changes the amount of life insurance I need because what I don't want to do is to work so hard towards this vision and then all of a sudden... I die because of a like a tick. Oh, I don't know. It could, I want it to be something cool like you're Lyme gonna die disease. From, like, I was just gonna say you're gonna lie. Yeah. I don't know. I gotta Google that. It's probably horrible. Um, let's say I catch a fish and I and I lip it. I mean, not that I grab it with my lips, but I grab its lip with my oh. thumb. And let's uh -huh. say that there's an abrasion on my thumb, and then an that abrasion. abrasion gets an effect, infected. That's why you get your shots, man. I don't know. There's no fish shots, Nicole. You don't know. You don't know. Touche. The second reason why I think I need more life insurance is because I have not only a different retirement goal, a better vision, I've just sort of refined my financial plan more. I, I have a better sense of college costs now. I have a better sense of when my mortgage will be paid off. I really didn't know seven years ago when my mortgage would be paid off. I didn't know when my rental property mortgage would be paid off. I didn't know these right. things. You, so you were just kind of guesstimating. Then that's you, all you really do. And right. here's what ends up happening, Nicole. And, and, and I think I want, I want you to, this is for no one else except you now. Uh, in the next five years, you're going to have major life events, I would assume. One here, two, no one knows, right? No you, one knows. you could arguably have some life events. Typically, when you have a life event, you think, okay, let's reassess my needs. Let's check into life insurance and those sorts of things. And typically, that's what you do. When Right before we had my daughter nine years ago, I was, I was life insurance okay? It's okay, okay, good to go. Then my son, a couple years later, it's like, Okay, we good, we good, we're good to go. Nothing's happened since then except I've shaved my head. 
That's the biggest thing that's happened to me in the last seven years. It's been exciting. Right. So, so and you're thinking about this and it's like, well, there's your life insurance is fine because nothing major has happened. No, that couldn't be any Not further so from fast. the truth. Because of a few additional elements that don't apply to me that could apply to other people. Let's say I was not currently saving for retirement or investing for retirement at the pace in which I needed to. Oh, yeah. The longer that problem goes festering, the longer it goes, the worse it gets, which means your financial situation gets worse, which means you need more life insurance. So if you're thinking... Well, I've had nothing changed. We're just grinding along, but I'm not really saving as much as I can. That alone could increase your need for life insurance. Oh. And so I want people every three to five years to reassess, reevaluate their life insurance, life insurance situation, no matter what <laughs> is going on in their life. Now, I will say this. Uh, I used to uh, be a financial planner, which means life you insurance did. was part of that. Yes. Yeah. That's no how I got way. the nickname. Pete the Planter. Wow, That's it all correct. makes sense. Pete the Planter in this green shirt today. Go to PeteThePlanter.tv, check out this green shirt. The if green we had gorilla. A, if we had a, the money gorilla. <laughs> it's uh, our next business venture. Uh, but let's say I wasn't in the insurance business at one point. I wasn't a financial planner and didn't have a financial mind. And someone tells me to get life insurance. And let's say I adopt the mentality of, well, that's great and all, but I won't be around to enjoy it. Therefore, I'm not going to prioritize it right now. I see that a lot. I, I used to see that a lot. And actually, I still get some exposure to it where a person knows they need to buy life insurance, but they dismiss that obligation because they're immature to the point where they go, well, I'm not going to benefit. For, so what's the point? I'd rather spend my money on things that I can benefit from. And I used to get mad about that, but I couldn't tell it's because they weren't buying life insurance for me or because <laughs> I was just mad about culturally. That's a bad idea. But I'm going to point now as a, as a 40-year-old bald man that uh, I'm more sad about that. Right. That makes me sad right. that a person doesn't view their family in the healthiest of ways, saying their uh, need to be protected in the event of an economic event like an early death. That that should that that should trump uh, my desire to spend my money on myself. Right? right. You know. Yeah, I agree. So there's there's my question that I asked myself and answered. And needless to say, I'm buying more life insurance. No one likes to do it, but I want to be an adult. And I don't want to I, I don't want to be a, a cobbler with holes in my shoes. I gotta practice what I preach. Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week. One is good, one is bad. They're next. I'm Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, this week's biggest waste of money of the week on the Pete the Planner Show is... We've got two items for you. We're gonna, one is good, one is bad. One, they're both ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> if you want to... Oh, if you want to be on our show, you can't, you can't be on this radio show. But you can be on our podcast... 
Go to PeteThePlanner.com to learn how. We're going to put some things on social medias uh, over the next week so you can apply to be back on the Million Dollar Plan, which is coming back. I'll explain it. I'll explain it in totality later. Um, Anyway, if you want to have a question answered on this show, email askpete at petetheplanner.com. All right. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is the Laura Star Smart Ironing System. You take pride in your clothes. Take care of them properly with the LauraStar Smart Ironing System. It connects to an app to coach you through each ironing session with advice for various fabrics. The board itself is equipped with a blower and vacuum system that can create a cushion of air to prevent creases or hold your clothing to the board to remove them. It automatically releases hygienic steam as you move, ensuring a proper iron while killing 99.999% of odor-causing bacteria, mites, and other fungi. (laughs) All right, so, Nicole, we've got an ironing board. This is so intense. That has a blower and vacuum, so it both sucks and blows. Thank goodness. And it is a smart board. Aaliyah? (laughs) Stop it. We're recording a radio program. <laughs> she's done really well. Like, we keep it together. For she's the laughed most at me part. twice today. Within good reason. I don't know. Uh, so it, it's, it's connected to an app that tells you, it coaches you on ironing. Uh, okay. Um, do you have a guess on the cost? You didn't look it up, did you? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, I looked at it. Well, it's currently not available in our country. That's all I got. What? Do you, you don't know the cost, though? No, I don't know the cost. Go ahead and guess how much oh, this smart ironing gosh. system costs you to prevent odor-causing bacteria and fungi. I'm going to say $1,200. Interesting guess. $2,195. For an ironing board that connects to your phone that coaches you about fabric. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so I I have lots of thoughts. I have so many thoughts. Well, one, there's a secure payment system, so thank goodness. Yes. Right? right. Thank goodness. So uh, we have a particular household in which uh, a person does their own ironing. Like, you yeah. know, some households, it's like, well, I do this and you do that. And your that is doing everyone's ironing. That's not the household I live in. Oh, see, my special friend will steam and iron my clothes for okay. me. Oh, right. Okay. So th- that is to say, actually, I often steam and iron my life partner's clothes. Yes, but it's sweeties. only because they're so small. Yeah. <laughs> She's very small. Yeah. We, we, we both right. have tiny clothes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so the... Uh, so the issue here is this. I know what it takes to iron. So this isn't just some guy going, this is bad because how hard can ironing be? I know how hard ironing is, and I never feel like I need to be coached. No, it's not the easiest thing to do, but once you know how to maneuver it, it's not that difficult. It really isn't, and and I think the key is something, Nicole, you just mentioned, and the key is a steamer. I was just going to say I'm all about the steam life. I travel with a travel steamer yes everywhere i go oh it's the best on a plane right right yeah yeah. the reason is because it's better generally speaking than an iron it's easier to use and uh you don't have to be coached Uh uh-uh it doesn't destroy your clothing fibers and you don't have to be coached and i think it does eliminate some odor causing bacteria mites and fungi i i would agree it's steam 
$2,200 for a smart ironing uh-uh. system makes no sense. Get on Amazon. There, there are some great prime little little ones that will be at your doorstep tomorrow. Did I ever tell you my travel steamer story about how I came to acquire it? No, please share. <sighs> my mom watches QVC. Yes, Connie. And there, uh, there, there was this guy on who wears like bedazzled jackets and whatnot on the QVC. Amazing. And he was he was hawking his steam iron to the ladies and, and she uh, people. She needed one. And so she bought it. And so it came, and it's in a flesh-toned sack with uh, rhinestones. <gasps> that's amazing. It's a flesh-toned sack with rhinestones. That's like, all I could ask for. It is the color of my skin, as if I were to have made a skin suit, like like uh, Buffalo Bill Cody. I don't know. Wait, what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's a skin suit with rhinestones. It's embarrassing. So that's why I don't have people into my hotel room when I'm on the road because I don't want them to because see my you're, steamer. Because you're self-conscious of your flesh tone color and, rhinestone steamer bag. And to welcome others in your hotel room in general, you just you, a bad thing. You could like put it in the closet or something. What? The, the person I have in my uh, hotel room? No, I put them in the closet? The steamer. Yes, I put them in there. Okay, so... <laughs> The next biggest waste of money of the week, and this one I'm actually convinced that it's a pretty good thing. Okay. Okay? Okay. It's the Bourbon Barrel Adirondack Chair. Hand-built by the craftsman at the Hungarian Workshop, the Bourbon Barrel Adirondack Chair gives the classic backyard lounger a Kentucky twist. Oh. Each piece is made completely out of reclaimed wooden cask from a bluegrass distillery. The natural curve of the staves gives the seat and uh, back a comfortable contour, while the whiskey-aged patina provides a unique finish, available with either an open or closed style top i don't know what that means but i do know this it's it's on etsy oh. and, and it's 487 dollars adirondack chairs rock why are they so comfortable because nothing about them scream screams screams your, your your back and buttocks are going to love this experience but they're so great do you ever look at an adirondack chair and you're like you're gonna be awful and then you take part in it, it's like i like you i like you Sometimes they're a little hard for me to get out of, but that's just because I got the short limbs. Yeah, um, they dangle. And they do. Give they it a really dangle. do. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think that's a pretty good thing. Now, Adirondack chairs, I have to admit, are I, I, we don't own any, because they're pretty expensive Like yeah. to get a good one. So if you had one made out of whiskey staves, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, even the one on L.L. Bean is like 300 bucks. so why not go the extra mile and pay the extra hundo for... Did you ever, uh, there was this whole thing going on. L.L. Bean has lifetime guarantees on everything. On the boots. On everything. Yeah. So if you ever buy anything from there, you just send it back and they send you a new one if you're not happy with it for whatever reason. And so what was happening was people were going to thrift stores like (gasps) Goodwill, getting, just looking for L.L. Bean stuff, sending it back and getting brand new versions of whatever they did. And so... L.L. Bean knew this for years and we're just like, you know, we know people are going to take advantage of it, but we still believe it's the right thing to do. Right. And for years and years and years, they kept doing it despite the fact that they were losing their Adirondack chairs. Uh, <laughs> but what ended up happening was finally, I think this just this past year, they they made major adjustments to their policy yeah. because, Nicole, people are jerks. They are. Why why you got to be like They're that? They're jerks. Don't be don't be sending back your Adirondack chair. You got a Goodwill mind. Like you could wear like I I have some LL Bean socks cuz I'm an elderly man. And <laughs> uh 
they have holes <laughs> in them and I've had them for 20 years. Well, you can send those back. Remember our last show, we talked about my dad and I climbing Mount Baker together. <gasps> Did those go with you? I wore those socks on Mount Baker, but they have holes in them now. Uh, you... I could send them back to L.L. Bean for new socks, but I would never but, do that. No, they're filled with the mems. Memories. Yeah, the memories, okay. the I, mems. I, I, I don't know, you, you young people. I know, me. Okay. <laughs> So what, what do you think? Adirondack chair, that's a good deal. $487 yeah. for a chair made out of whiskey barrels. I wouldn't say it's a good deal. However, it would I be. I get it. It's a, right, I get it. I'm not like, that's a horrible waste of money. That's a horrible use of money, right? Uh, you know? Yeah. I feel you. Anyway, that's all we have time for on this week's show. I encourage people to do one of two things. You can do several things in your life, but at least do these two. If you have a financial question, ask me. I want to answer it for you. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Not only will I answer on the show or my column, uh, if uh, I get on the show, I'll email you my answer, which will not be written. It will be me talking to you like this. Uh, oh, the second thing I want you to do is go to PeteThePlanner.com, find the podcast link, and uh, uh, apply to be on the Million Dollar Plan. We will walk through on the air with you for like 30 minutes your financial life, and we will get you on the right track. That's all we have time for this week. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in my budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Money Gorilla. This is for information purposes only. Do not misuse financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Pinning my hand, microphone on the stand, over vinyl I command and demand. Magnificence in an instance, I can make you dance, cry, or love, fly as a dove. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason. Uh. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn, Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller, put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health, I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?